Aloha, friends. Thanks for checking in for Valaau. And right now, this topic I'm going to bring up is the symptoms of emotional numbness. This is very huge just for the fact that during the pandemic, I've absorbed myself in having to hide a lot of my feelings just to think that it was the right thing to avoid co- conflict in a previous relationship. And so,、um, first off, I just wanted to share that this episode will be my last episode of the season.、Uh, so, please stay tuned and follow me for the next、um, podcast episode. Um, and it's going to be going into a new topic unrelated to the divorce and things like that.、Um, so, going into, I guess, 2019, I know that people, or I should say, the common theme that people were very Interested in since they were in self isolation was mental health. And mental health is such a huge thing since that's where a lot of our thoughts stem from, our thought life. And knowing that people such as myself will numb where they prefer isolation versus being with others.、Um, But that's actually not always the situation. So, emotional numbness can come. There's symptoms, and we can go over that later. But I, I did not realize that until I actually took time to feel my feelings of my just life situation, knowing that I. No longer really had time to even care for myself since I was taking on the battle of my ex's so called neurological disorder, which was really just her anxiety. And on top of that, could be other things, but I know depression was a huge thing. So, people will numb themselves in more than one way.、Um, there's gonna be people who, or I, I should also say that coping mechanisms is a part of a numbness situation. My coping mechanism、um, normally would be staying busy. So, if the fact that at the time I was working, serving at my church,、um, being a part of ministry, that in itself also, you know, making time for the family,、um, friends, it's in, in whatever amount of time I could. So, I would always keep busy, take on new tasks to. Keep my mind busy so I wouldn't have to focus on my own problem. And I think that's where a lot of people will hit a wall where they're gonna just fake it till they make it and they feel like that's okay, especially in a church setting since it's all about moving in faith 
you know, seeing beyond your current situation, knowing that, or I should say not knowing, but believing that you're going to get through this because God, you know, allowed you to go through this for a reason. And yes, that's a, that's a good self-talk, um, but it's not always going to be accurate because it's almost as if you're just redoing the same solution and trying to solve the same problem, but it's, you know, it's a new problem, but it's not the same equation. Quite often, feeling numb is going to be temporary. But for some, emotional numbness becomes a strategy to protect themselves from further emotional or physical pain. While it may provide temporary relief, learning to cope with difficult feelings this way can have long-lasting consequences. So for me, I believe that I was actually going towards the end, not the end, but the part of my marriage where I thought that I had to get a divorce, but I was afraid to since I felt like it wasn't going to please God. And so if I was to still keep on taking on new tasks or just redoing my normal routine and not thinking of myself or even having time to self-reflect I don't know I think I, I, I there's that's what leads to a lot of burnouts or even just into a deep depression and I think that is a dangerous cycle since it detaches you from your feelings and eventually other people. Uh, normally, people with that emotional numbness might use strategies to resist confronting their emotions. Even if they're doing it unconsciously, they might use avoidant behaviors and steer clear of certain people or situations. And that can also lead to denial, which is a common defense mechanism that people will use to avoid emotional triggers and negative feelings. So I didn't want to feel those negative feelings towards my, or the ex, even the stepdaughter. Like I was really bitter that I feel, or I should, I should say knowing that the ex would say that, you know, because she was there first in her life. I mean, I understand, yes, she's important. She's. You have to love her and take care of her. She is a she is a main priority, um, but it's like you will be second, as if like knowing. Okay, so she doesn't really love me, and not really love me, but you know, really care for me in that way where you know it's probably because she's getting something out of this relationship, and that's what's allowing her to hold on to it. I mean, admittedly, she did say that she lost love early on in the marriage and she was just kind of going with the flow of things and I mean it was sad to know that that's what happened but um, you know her feelings were never true in that way she was always trying to hide something and I think that when you hide something that's a form of numbing itself because she was numbing herself through just social media sitting on her phone all the time 
saying that she needs time for to herself just to watch TV. And honestly, like it's just that dopamine hit. You're gonna be watching, uh, you know, some kind of funny video, viral video or you know TV show, and that's a lot of times. Psychologists say that is a form of depression where people are just focusing on other things so they don't have to th- think of their own problems or their own thoughts, and that's that other thing of just detaching. So a lot of times the ex will prefer isolation rather than being with spending time with me, her daughter, or with others. I mean, even if she'd be like, "Oh, yeah, let's have a movie night or whatever. Let's let's hang, let's stay in. Let's I'll cook or we can cook and." Um, it's like a, we're all watching a movie, and it's just like, you know, the, we catch each other, like you know, just be on our phones, or she would be on her phone, and, even if she's just trying to spend a long time with just her daughter. You know, they're just hanging out. I mean, honestly, the it's like she wanted things a lot of to be instrumental. Um, I mean, yeah, being a single parent, growing up in that way of raising a of a kid is. Not easy alone, um, but I mean, it's it's also it comes to a choice of what matters, and I think that knowing she wasn't prepared for um, shared parenting, even though it seemed that way, we lost that accountability um, once our the value of of why we came together no longer mattered to her with the pandemic. There would be the excuse of, oh, I don't want to go to church because it's a big setting and I'm afraid to catch COVID and whatnot. And like, you know, choosing to just follow through on those just political issues and not, not and learning that we weren't seeing things eye to eye more often than normal. And I mean, yes, you have to validate someone's feelings and. And let them, and let them have their choice. But if you know you're in a relationship or marriage, and you no longer have shared values, that's a red flag. That's a that's almost as if you know, like, and especially where I wanted to introduce couples counseling, but she did not want to have counseling together. She kept thinking that oh, you have your own things to work on. I have my own trauma, and it's like. That trauma, she never wanted to even get help on in the end. And you know, I, I noticed that I had a lot of trauma from my childhood of, of losing my mother at age five, and also more later on in life, back in 2018 when my father passed away. Honestly, because I used to keep so busy and you know, just be people pleasing and. Keeping all these promises and following through, of course, with these promises, and and having great friendships and new experiences to to help others, it it did fulfill me, and I I felt like it was something that I was called to do. Um, just you know how God provides a purpose and things like that. But in a sense, like if I'm giving myself away and I'm trying to just Get more of that strength from whatever, whatever it could be. Like it could be someone with their faith. It could be you know faith in their religion, religion, and or just uh, positive word words and affirmations. And I think yes, the Bible is something that I I do believe in and I choose to follow. But it's 
as a human being and going through all these um, situations in life where relationships are difficult. And I chose that difficult path. I felt that that was normal. And I was like used to it. I think maybe growing up too is that my dad, I know it's my dad and his dad, my grandpa would, would be known as workaholics. And I feel like that is, a, is what generation, generation, gener, uh, excuse me. It's like a generational curse in a way. It's like we're choosing to work and not work on ourselves or work on our relationships because we are working and that alone is enough because I don't know toxic masculinity you can bring up in this part where it's like you as a male have to feel like alpha or you have to feel like you have to provide I mean honestly it's so funny that people will say that and then there's like the feminists out there who will say yeah that's right and it's like we but feminism should be about it's I mean not should be but it is about equality so it's like having so it's like shared tasks shared responsibilities same type of responsibilities despite of gender right but it's it's difficult to know that where women will use that excuse and they're not following through like they're choosing to be like well you're the guy you're the one that should be strong or you know have stoicism and hold in your feelings but it's like what you just i thought you want me to, to share my feelings it's like and then you say that as a sign of weakness or things of what you would categorize as feminist or feminist or feminine feminism in a way where it's like oh you know i think it's kind of girly you get a tattoo like that over there but it's like why does it matter you know allow someone to express themselves in a way where that's not important i mean it's I'm, I'm ranting right now, but I wanted to just go on to know that, or go on to share that my father, knowing that he lost, you know, his wife and raising my sister and I, it's like, it's, it's tough. And it didn't occur to me, like, I felt like I held on to this bitterness of, towards my father that he was in a way like not fully giving us like that childhood um, childhood life knowing that we had to grow up fast be independent on our on our own you know I, it's it's I shouldn't compare but you know that's what happens when you're when you're young you want to you notice that families are bringing the kids to participate in sports or other extra extracurricular activities and you know, it's something I didn't really get to do. So honestly, I felt like socially I was very socially awkward. Um, but, you know, it's crazy that despite not having that, I am still able to grow in my, from that part of my life where I felt like I couldn't handle you know, that interpersonal type of relationship or that em emotional strength, intelligence just to um, have or have the capacity to even have a, a friendship or even more so a conversation. I remember working at like 15 and a half and having to deal with customers or customer service and it's like, you feel really embarrassed or even like, 
weird where there's that confrontational customer and dealing with people who have like very strong personalities. I mean, I think that everyone is going to have their their opinion or <clears throat> mood they're in. Um, and it's like, yes, understand people are going through issues and problems, but we have to be conscious of ourselves and be aware of, you know, what that level of stress is and what is causing it and why do you think you feel that way because of having that type of anxiety. Yeah, so after realizing that I was numbing myself with just busyness, I chose to um, just remove myself out of ministry uh, because, you know, I things weren't good at home. And when that happens, I feel like, it, especially within your marriage and what God calls marriage to be, it's it's very tough. And I know I feel like most people will be understanding. And most were some one of people that I was I was close to within the church, kind of like put me down for it, or you know saw that things that I could work on. And yeah, it was something I was working on. My form of giving myself time to reflect and focus on myself was a way of self-respect and you know even though they didn't think that way it doesn't matter because I know it mattered that's important sometimes people will go into other ways of numbing through stimulants you know whatever it's alcohol uh, sex any other form of drugs you know which is all bad. I feel like it's 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 tough. I mean, I'm thankful that my mom and dad weren't like people who smoke and drink a lot. So maybe that's why I could have like such a higher will to not desire it. But I don't know. I think it's I'm I'm kind of glad that I it didn't happen that way. Um, but more so, the treatment for emotional numbness. There is a variety out there. So to help to reduce or to which you want to try escape, to disengage from or avoid your emotions. Uh, a lot of times, honestly, like it sounds cliche, but therapy was huge only because when you have someone from an outside outside perspective speak to you about your personal problems and they can help resonate with that. You do feel heard, you feel seen, but more so they're going to tell you something that maybe others will not say to you just be, just out of respect or I'm sure they all have that friend that will say it, but you know, they'll do it at a certain amount of time just because, you know, it's not about having enabling times or, or, or any of that. But if you hear someone tell you that you were being manipulated, not more so manipulated, but I learned that I was being manipulated from the ex and I was the one being, you know, said these things and 
it seemed true because I felt like, you know, it, it's someone that saw me on the daily. But did, but when you're with someone and they don't really see you for who you are, but they see you through the lens of their trauma, then that is just it, it's such a it's such a struggle, you know. If they're gonna look through the lens of trauma and see that of based on who you are on your gender or your orientation or religion and they put you on a pedestal it's like you're already at a place where they're you're gonna you're not gonna meet their expectation a lot of times when people have depression anxiety or traumatic experiences practicing cognitive behavioral to manage your stress or the strategies of that it will help to just make sure that you're aware of your feelings and that's what has been helping me throughout a lot of this coping now instead of coping with numbness of working i cope by writing out my feelings speaking my feelings saying my thoughts i honestly before i got married i didn't know how to fully express my thoughts out loud and I and I started this podcast because I wanted to work on that and I'm I'm not sure who actually listens to this and fully listens to each episode but I'm thankful that there are people listening and I would really like you to still join me on this journey and just knowing that life is you know we're gonna strike out sometimes and I'm I'm more than willing to help to reach out if if someone wants to just talk you know and really Vala Ao is talking story talking about um, things in life and you know it's just talkative in general that's kind of like my my MO in life it's nice to know that you can develop a support system and reaching out to others it may seem difficult at first but seeking social support from friends and family that you trust will provide a safe way to express your emotions. And sometimes engaging in physical activity is also gonna um, help reduce symptoms of depression and anxiety. And it does benefit your health. So, you know, I started to get back on my boxing and the kickboxing. And knowing that it's in a class setting, it's like you're you're around people and you build a camaraderie with each other. Yeah, so huge things to be self-aware so you can develop self-care. Um, I'm sure you can find better ways to manage stress. But the key is to not avoid your emotions and feelings, but to actually process them. And not numb it by, you know, things that could be toxic or dangerous to your health or life. But talk to someone. And I'm sure that you can practice on mindful strategies by, you know, even deep breathing or having just time to yourself. You know, whether if that's like, Closing the door, staying in a room, 
or it's quiet, playing music, things like that. And also watching what you eat is a huge part. I struggled with obesity throughout my life, especially at a young age. That was my form of coping back in the day. I just eat my, my feelings. So now I'm trying to be sure I'm not consuming sugar on the daily, especially in a big amount. Yeah, just nutrition is another huge factor in, into your mood and health. Um, but I'm, I mean, I'm not a nutritionist or a person like that, but I do believe in holistic approaches for health benefits. So I hope maybe you can look into that. So thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. And I hope to vala out with you next time. <laughs>